What's up, world? I'm Cameron McKinney, and this is Pop Culture Spotlight, a podcast about the career of actress Kate Blanchett, the Disney Plus series Loki, and the movie Crisis. First, let's talk about the career of Kate Blanchett. Blanchett rose to prominence with her role in Elizabeth playing Queen Elizabeth. Blanchett was nominated for her first Oscar for her performance. She then went on to have supporting roles in The Talented Mr. Ripley with Matt Damon, Jude Law, Philip Seymour Hoffman, and she played a key part in the Lord of the Rings trilogy. So right off the bat, she was appearing in really solid movies. I mean, The Talented Mr. Ripley is one of the most underrated films of the 1990s. This film stars Matt Damon, Jude Law, Philip Seymour Hoffman, Gwyneth Paltrow. I mean, Anthony Magella directed that movie. If you've not seen The Talented Mr. Ripley, I highly recommend you do so. I think the year that put Cate Blanchett on the map as a movie stars in 2004 when she worked with two of the best directors of all time. First she worked with Wes Anderson on The Life Aquatic with Steve Zizou along with Bill Murray and Owen Wilson and then she worked with Martin Scorsese on The Aviator starring alongside Leonardo DiCaprio and she played Katherine Hepburn and for that performance she won her very first Oscar and if you watch that movie she goes head to head with Leonardo DiCaprio and is as good if not better than he is in that movie. I mean, that film is one of the more underrated Martin Scorsese movies. I mean, not a lot of people talk about it. It's the best movie about Howard Hughes. A lot of movies have been made about him. I mean, there was that Warren Beatty movie that I liked, but there has not been a better film about Howard Hughes. And Kate Blanchett is spectacular in it. And one of the things I noticed when looking at Blanchett's resume is she has worked with some of the best directors of all time. Blanchett has made movies with Martin Scorsese, Peter Jackson, Wes Anderson, Todd Haynes, Steven Spielberg, Terrence Malick, Ridley Scott, David Fincher, Richard Linklater, Steven Soderbergh, Ron Howard, Alejandro Inuritu, and Anthony Magella. And I think it says a lot about Blanchett as an actress that all of these great filmmakers want to work with her. Another thing I've noticed watching Blanchett over the years is she is terrific at playing a villainous character in big blockbuster movies. I mean, that's something she's done a lot over the years. She's done it in Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull with Harrison Ford, Hannah with Saoirse Ronan, Cinderella with Lily James, and Thor Ragnarok with Chris Hemsworth and Tom Hiddleston. I mean, she is terrific in Thor Ragnarok. I think that is her best villainous role. I mean, those other films are flawed. I really like Cinderella. Kingdom Skull is a really bad Indiana Jones movie, although Blanchett is really good in it. Hannah is a good film. I mean, that is a film directed by Joe Wright. Saoirse Ronan is in that movie. Eric Bana. I mean, that's a good movie. That's an underrated film, but when I think about her best villainous role, it's definitely in Thor Ragnarok. I mean, I think that's the weakness of most Marvel movies is the villain, and that's why Thor Ragnarok is a better Marvel movie. Yes, it's super funny, but I think it's super effective because it has a great villain in Cate Blanchett. Blanchett is also one of those rare actresses that have two Academy Awards. I mean, she won for Martin Scorsese's The Aviator, and then her second Oscar came for her leading performance in Blue Jasmine, which I think is a very good movie. And Blanchett is terrific in that film. I mean, Alec Baldwin is really good in that movie. There's a great scene between Blanchett and Alden Enreich, who would go on to play Han Solo. Blanchett is in rarefied air. I mean, the list of actresses that have two Academy Awards include Meryl Streep, Frances McDormand, 
Jodie Foster, Renee Zellweger, and Hilary Swank, among others. Blanchett is one of the best actresses of her generation and one of the best of all time. I also want to note that Blanchett is from Australia and look at the list of talent that has come from Australia over the last 20 to 30 years in Hollywood. You have Blanchett, you have Hugh Jackman, you have Russell Crowe, you have Guy Pearce, you have Joel Edgerton, Nicole Kidman, Margot Robbie, Rose Byrne, Tony Collette, Naomi Watts. I mean, a lot of the very best actors working today are Australian. I mean, we always talk about British actors and how great they are, but I think we need to start talking about Australia like that because a lot of the best movie stars working today are coming out of Australia. And these are big names. I mean, Mia Wojcicka played Alice in Wonderland in a big movie. Sarah Snook, who is on one of the biggest TV series right now, Succession, and this has been going on for quite a long time. I mean, Mel Gibson's run was in the 80s. Australia has been dominating Hollywood for quite a long time, and Clay Blanchett has played a huge part in that. My favorite Clay Blanchett performance comes in the movie Carol. Her, along with Rooney Mara, give two of my favorite performances of all time. This is one of those movies I saw that changed my entire viewpoints on movies. I have that list. They include Social Network, The Fighter, La La Land, those movies that I go back to over and over again. I love Carol. I don't think enough people have seen the movie Carol. Cate Blanchett has never been better on screen, and that's saying a lot because she's been so good in so many great movies. And yes, you can say she's been better in other things, but I think you'd be wrong. If you watch the movie Carol, you would say to yourself, Cate Blanchett has never been better on screen. I mean, it is a full-on movie star performance, and that movie is so well casted. I mean, Kyle Chandler is great in that movie. John Magaro, Sarah Paulson. I mean, that movie is so well casted. Todd Haynes, that is the best Todd Haynes movie by far. I love Carol. I could watch that movie any day of the week. I think it is one of the best movies of the 2010s. And again, not enough people have seen it. The most underrated film of Blanchett's career is this movie called Truth, a film she co-starred with Robert Redford, Topher Grace, and Dennis Quaid. The movie is about the controversy that led to Dan Rather leaving 60 Minutes. It's a very good movie. Again, a movie not a lot of people have seen, and Blanchett has some great scenes with Robert Redford and Topher Grace. What I love about that movie is it's reminiscent of those Robert Redford movies of the 1970s, like All the President's Men, and you get to see Cate Blanchett in that environment with one of the very best actors of all time. Blanchett's next projects include Guillermo del Toro's Nightmare Alley with Bradley Cooper and Adam McKay's Don't Look Up with Leonardo DiCaprio, Jennifer Lawrence, Meryl Streep, Jonah Hill, Timothy Chalamet, Mark Rylance, and Chris Evans. So next year could be another massive year for Cate Blanchett. Here's the list of Cate Blanchett performances I recommend you check out. Elizabeth, The Talented Mr. Ripley, The Lord of the Rings Trilogy, The Life Aquatic of Steve Zizou, The Aviator, Babel, I'm Not There, The Curious Case of Benjamin Button, Hannah, Blue Jasmine, Cinderella, Carol Truth, Song to Song, and Thor Ragnarok. Now let's switch gears and talk about the Disney Plus series Loki. Here's a quick synopsis. After the events of Avengers Endgame, 2012 Loki is arrested by the Time Variance Authority for crimes against the timeline. Listen, I think the Marvel TV series on Disney Plus have been a bit of a mixed bag. I was kind of disappointed by WandaVision. 
Falcon and the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but Loki, for the most part, lived up to my expectations of what a Marvel TV show should be. And the biggest reason why is Tom Hiddleston. I absolutely love Tom Hiddleston as Loki. He's far and away the best villain in Marvel movies. Sorry, Thanos. And it's great to see him play the character. But when watching the show, I also think there is a small part of me that thinks that Hiddleston will never be looked at as anything else other than the God of Mischief. And that's fine, but he's a great actor who's done amazing work in other projects like Midnight in Paris, Only Lovers Left Alive, Crimson Peak, and The Night Manager. But I feel like most people view him as a one-trick pony. He is a guy that can only play this one iconic character. So while these other people like Chris Evans and Robert Downey Jr. hang up the capes and stop playing their iconic comic book characters, it's kind of sad to see Tom Hiddleston keep playing this character. Yes, he's very good at doing it, and yes, Loki is a high-quality show, and I love seeing him as Loki, but I want to see Tom Hiddleston do other things. And I'm happy that it seems like there's going to be a season two of Loki, but I'm more excited for his next project, the Apple TV Plus series, The SX Serpent with Claire Danes. I want to see Tom Hiddleston play other characters, the same way I want to see Robert Downey Jr. play something other than Iron Man. It feels like there are two approaches to playing a Marvel character, where there's the one actor, that's all they do. All they do is play that character. That's what Robert Downey Jr. did for the most part. Yes, he plays Sherlock Holmes, but for the better part of a decade, he was Iron Man. Chris Evans was Captain America, although he did do some other projects. Well, there have been other guys who've been good at doing other things. I think Mark Ruffalo was good at being in other things while being the Hulk. He was in Spotlight. He was in some very good movies. I think that these people need to have a better balance of playing these Marvel characters while doing other things, and I don't think Tom Hilston has done a very good job at that. I mean, ever since The Night Manager ended, he hasn't been part of anything other than Marvel projects. While his Thor co-star Chris Hemsworth has at least attempted to be in other things, some of the things not very good, but Rush is a very good movie, and I really liked Extraction. That's what I want from Tom Hiddleston. I want him to be in other things other than playing Loki. The other star of Loki is Owen Wilson, and I love Owen Wilson in this show. He was able to bring his comedic chops, and it's been a rough couple of years for Owen Wilson in the projects he's been in. I mean, I I don't remember the last good Owen Wilson movie. It was probably Midnight in Paris. I mean, he, he was in that really bad sequel to Zoolander. I mean, he turned down the part in Miracle Workers, that role that Steve Buscemi ended up playing. It would have been fascinating to see Owen Wilson in that show, because I think that show would have been really good with Owen Wilson if he had stayed a part of it. It's interesting to see when actors who are at a down point in their career use Marvel to help with their resurgence. Owen Wilson knows a lot of people are going to be watching this show. This could rejuvenate his career and get him cast in other roles. I mean, it's a win-win for both parties. Owen Wilson wants to be in something that a lot of people see, and Marvel wants to work with interesting actors like Owen Wilson. Gugu Mbatu-Ra and Sofia DiMartino also play key roles in the series. Ra has some great scenes with Owen Wilson, and like I said earlier, this is the best of the free Marvel Disney Plus shows so far. WandaVision was good except for the terrible ending, and The Falcon and the Winter Soldier felt like an 80s buddy cop movie, and I don't mean that in a good way. 
That show was just not for me. One thing I find frustrating about all three of these shows is the obsessive talk about what they all mean for the future of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It doesn't feel like we are ever going to get a Marvel standalone project ever again. Every show and movie has to build to the next thing, and I find that to be super frustrating at times because we are dissecting every scene and thinking to ourselves, what does this mean for that movie that's coming out in 2000? 2023. Why should that matter in the moment? The one thing I did not like about Loki at all was the relationship between Hiddleston's Loki and the character played by Sophia DiMartino. They do not have great chemistry. I know they needed Loki to change his ways, but for me, this wasn't the way to do it. I do want to point out the most fascinating thing about the show Loki, and it proves one thing. At the end of the show, there is a gigantic cameo who's the next great villain of the Marvel show, and this proves that moving forward, you are going to have to watch these shows to understand the upcoming movies. TV and movies are now being mixed together, and that could be both a good and a bad thing. A good thing in that, you get rewarded for watching six hours of Loki. The bad thing is, what happens to those people who only watch the movies and avoid the TV shows? I mean, there are some people who are not going to want to watch 20 hours of Marvel content to understand what's happening in these movies. What Avengers Endgame had going for is there were those casual fans that were just watching it to be a part of the moment. They only watched the movies. I think there are people out there that don't don't want to devour six hours of WandaVision and six hours of Loki to understand what's happening in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I think the future of the Marvel movies is fascinating. How many of these people are going to watch these movies and not understand what's going on because they didn't watch the show Loki? Overall, the show is really good and I'm very much looking forward to season two. Give me more Tom Hiddleston and Owen Wilson immediately. Let's switch gears one final time and talk about the movie Crisis. Here's a quick synopsis. The movie focuses on three interweaving stories all about the opioid epidemic. I think this is one of the better movies of the year so far and no one is talking about it because of one of the stars of the movie is Army Hammer who if you haven't been reading the news is going through a bit of a downward spiral in his personal life. But overall other than that this movie is enjoyable. It's entertaining and and it's compelling, and I think the biggest reasons why are because of the performances of the lead actors. First, you have Evangeline Lilly, who is best known for working in mainstream projects like Ant-Man, Lost, and two of the Hobbit films. It's great to see her in a dramatic thriller, and she's great in the movie. Her performance reminded me of Frances McDormand in Free Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, because like Frances in that film, Lilly is playing a vengeful mother. And then you have Gary Oldman, who no matter what the role, Gary Oldman is always compelling. He can be playing Dracula, Sirius Black, Jim Gordon, or the character he's playing in this, and no matter what, he's the most interesting thing on screen, and Oldman is on a great run recently with Darkest Hour, The Laundromat, Mank, and now 
Crisis, he's doing some of his best work and that's saying a lot because he's one of the greatest movie stars of all time. One of the main issues in a movie like this is when you go back and forth between plot lines, you can go to one plot and be bored by it, but this movie does not suffer that problem because both Oldman and Lily are giving great performances. So when you're in scenes with just Lily, you're like, wow, this is a really good movie. And then you go back to Gary Oldman and it's equally good. They both feel like they are in the same movie and they are equally entertaining. It also doesn't hurt that the supporting cast of the movie is filled with big names. I mean, the supporting cast includes Luke Evans from Beauty and the Beast, Greg Kinnear from As Good As It Gets, You've Got Mail and Little Miss Sunshine, Michelle Rodriguez from The Fast and the Furious and Widows, and Martin Donovan from Insomnia and Tenet. And the big standout here for me is Greg Kinnear, who has some of the best scenes of the movie. I mean, this guy is an incredibly underrated actor. Recently, I loved him as Bob Hope and Misbehavior. I mean, the scenes between him and Gary Oldman are the best scenes of the movie. I'm not saying The Crisis is a perfect movie, and a lot of people will compare it to Steven Soderbergh's Traffic like it wants to be Traffic. It's nowhere near as good as Traffic. I mean, Traffic is a masterpiece. That movie stars Benicio Del Toro, who won an Oscar for that movie, Don Cheadle, Michael Douglas, Topher Grace. I mean, that movie is head and shoulders above this one, but what this movie has gone going for it is it's about a topic that is relevant to everyday life and it stars some massive massive movie stars I mean Gary Oldman is a big name and he is interesting and the movie is entertaining and ultimately compelling enough to justify its existence I'm not asking this movie to be a best picture nominee it's not that it's not a great film but it is better than most movies out there and that's because the movie is filled with movie stars again to see a performer like Evangeline Lilly, who I know best from the Ant-Man and the Wasp, in a movie like this is enough to get me to enjoy a movie like this. I mean, the Gary Oldman scenes would be boring if it weren't Gary Oldman in the scene. That's what this movie has going for it. It has star power. It has free actors I want to see in a movie like this, giving performances I want them to give. It has Gary Oldman, Greg Kinnear, and Evangeline Lilly all giving three of the best performances of the year so far and for a movie like this there's not going to be awards love like Oldman is not going to get Oscar nominated like he was for Darkest Hour or Mank but he should be he is super good in this movie and Lily has never been better on screen and Greg Kinnear gives one of the better supporting performances of the year that's how I feel about the movie it is possible that I end up liking a movie like this more than I should because there are very few movies like this I mean all the movies we get out there are these big blockbuster action superhero franchise movies. I want more movies like Crisis, so when I get one that's very good, I'm probably going to give it more credit than it deserves, and I think this movie does deserve some credit. It's entertaining, it's insightful about a crisis that's actually happening on planet Earth that relates to our everyday lives. I think this movie is 100% worth watching, and I also loved the ending. I mean, Evangeline Lilly's performance got better and better as the movie went on. I really think this is her career best performance. I mean, I just knocked Tom Hiddleston for not doing enough different things. So yeah, I'm going to reward Evangeline Lilly for doing something outside of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And not only did she do something outside of it, she was way better in this than she is in a Marvel movie. And she is really good in those Marvel movies, along with Paul Rudd and Michael Douglas. 
She's great in those movies. I want her to be in more movies like Crisis and in less movies that include Marvel characters. This movie has everything I want from a movie. An intense thriller that stars well-known movie stars. What else could you ask for? I highly recommend you check out the movie Crisis. Thanks for listening to this edition of Pop Culture Spotlight. I'm Cameron McKinney and there'll be a new episode of the podcast every Thursday on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And this week I put the spotlight on the career of actress Kate Planchette, the Disney Plus series Loki, and the movie Crisis. Next week I'm putting the spotlight on the movies Gunpowder Milkshake starring Karen Gillan and Greenland starring Gerard Butler and Morena Baccarin. So tune into that and please rate, review, and subscribe. Subscribe.